imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? How's it going, brother? What's up, man? What's How's it going, Josh? Uh, I know we had a little bit of technical difficulties this morning, but now we're rolling. We're back on. And uh, yes. I just want to say God bless and thank you uh, for, you know, for, uh, for having us on tonight, too. And uh, Thanks for know, being patient. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm all thank about you. patience, bro. That's all. I just... I, 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 <laughs> Love is patient and love is kind. I love you, brother. Thank you. All right. We have a special guest for you guys. Okay. He is the neighborhood <laughs> hope dealer. What's up, Monty Mansfield, our, our bro from way back. How's it going, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? It's going good, man. It's an absolute privilege to be here, to be able to share our testimonies. You know what I'm saying? We grew up together, um, you know, the last two and a half years. I kind of actually for a while, man, I kind of disappeared, you know, but I've been able to get my life back on track turn my life over to the Lord. And I'm super thankful to be on this podcast, to be able to share my testimony. I'm super thankful to be talking to you guys. And me too, um, bro. Blessed, bro. Just blessed. You know, I feel, I feel like, dude, cause I saw your Instagram like three years ago or two years ago, I think when I first uh, put out, keep me away, one of my first songs. And I was, uh-huh. and I was thinking like, man, I, I maybe, cause that, that was the old Instagram. So I was yeah. thinking, yeah, maybe money might not be in a good place right now. So now yeah. seeing you from back then to seeing you now is like an amazing transformation. And and everybody, God is so great. Our podcast, guys, is going to be on addiction, okay? Breaking strongholds. This is the stuff that me, Jason, and Monty have all gone through. So this should be an interesting podcast. And uh, the, the good news is, as you see, all of us, man, we're, we're all doing our thing. Monty's living out in San Diego. Uh, he's doing really well. Jason, he's, you know, he's, he's living in Rialto. He's got a house. I'm living in Rialto. So God, he just, you know, he worked his magic on all of us. And um Thank you, Lord. We just want to say that. So I'm going to start this yeah. one off with a prayer because uh, Amen, we haven't bro. been together in a long time and we're all brothers now. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just pray 
in Jesus's name, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you have ears, we need you to hear. Um, I know you might not think maybe, maybe you don't have an addiction. Maybe you have an addiction to Facebook. Maybe you have an addiction to the phone. Maybe you have a small addiction. Maybe you have a huge addiction like heroin, uh, meth, or anything like that. <clears throat> if you're listening to this podcast, we just want to let you know that God is there for you. We've been there. We've done that. All of that. Okay. Uh, I've done every single probably drug in the book, you know, and God has me, uh, you know, went to the military and got me out. So guys, uh, Lord, I just want to pray that everybody that's listening and that has ears, please let them hear. We're here for anybody. If anybody doesn't have an addiction, just listen and, and let's have a good time. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, amen brother. <laughs> I love it. I love it too, man. So mm -hmm. yes, dude, I'm super happy. Um, what we want to do, guys, is uh, first off, we wanted to kind of go through our testimonies. Uh, I'd like, I like uh, Monty to go first. We really haven't. I mean, I've been on different shows and I've gone over my testimony. I think on this show, I haven't really gone, you know, really <coughs> through the drug part, you know. So this would be a good, good time to like kind of go through that. Show you guys what we've been there, been through, and um, and what happened, you know, how we got here. We're all from the high desert, man. We're all products, yeah, high desert, uh, baby. Yeah, all products of the. Of <laughs> Uh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> the dirt having no uh, having no uh, really no uh, vision of doing anything with your life, just sports and and drugs. That was it, and girls, and, and that was the the whole uh, the whole spiel of the whole thing. But uh, yeah, Monty, I wanna I wanna hear your testimony because I I haven't heard from you in a little while, man. I, I mean, I seen you on Instagram, but I heard you know talking through friends. I mean, there's there's friends that I have that are be like, man, I thought you that I haven't talked to you for a long time. They're like, I mean, I thought you were dead, dude. I thought you were yeah. alive still, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Congratulations. I'm super proud of you, bro. And, uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you, you came to the Lord and when, when, uh, when you did, because everyone needs that testimony, man. And it gives yeah. glory to God when you, when you, when you talk about it, and come out on I top. appreciate you guys, man. I no appreciate problem, you guys. Bro. And like I said, you know, God will have you, you know, if you don't choose him, you know, he'll come a thousand steps towards you. But if you don't make that last step, to choose him, you know, he will let you wander, man. And I was just, I didn't want to wander in the wilderness no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I found the way and the truth, you know, and I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old thinking like, Oh, could I maybe do this? Or could I maybe do that, man? I'm 41 years old, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I, I've done this, done that, traveled the whole United States, played professional baseball 10 years. And now I know that this is the way and the truth. And I love God. I thank you, Lord. Anything I tell you right now is all the glory to God. He's the only reason why I can explain why I've been able to get three years sober off being an IV user, meth and heroin IV user for five years, guys. So it got really bad for me. Um, I could start my testimony if you want me to right now. Um, sure. Yeah, for sure, I'm bro. Super, yeah, super blessed, guys. All right. So for me, guys, you know, I grew up in the high desert. Um, I grew up in Asbury, California. I was on the other side of the tracks other than uh, from Joss and Jason. They were on the the uh, La, um, La Mesa side, you know what I'm saying? And when you grow up in the high desert, guys, there's not a lot of discipline in your life. You kind of just live off straight emotion. You kind of chase pleasures. For me, my family, I never had God ever installed in my life, ever. My mom was a really good athlete, so she pushed me in sports continually. And um, and my dad, was he was a meth addict, but he was a working meth addict, but he was a commuter. A lot of our parents commute from the high desert, so, you know, they're not around a lot, you know. So I didn't really get any good discipline as a young man growing up, you know, but I had sports, and sports is what I was really good at. So I was very hard on myself. 
I was very, I had a, I, I made, I made baseball, basketball, football. I made all of that my God and everything dictated on how I did in sports. And, and, and it's not a good way to go, you know, and I didn't, I didn't learn the foundation that I needed to learn when I was a young man to be able mm. to handle being a professional athlete. So what happened was I went to, um, I, I grew up, I'm going, I went to a uh, high school, I went to Asperia high school. And I never did drugs. I never touched drugs in high school. I, honestly, my life was amazing. You know, I had the high school sweetheart. Um, I was doing really good in sports. I was throwing the ball. I, I grew to be six foot four. I'm throwing the ball 93 miles an hour. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I was a big dog right there in baseball, you know what yeah. I'm saying? In sports. And, and I was super, uh, like just life was like, I didn't need drugs because there was nothing I really needed to escape at that point. You know, I didn't need to find a solution because I was doing so well, you know, I get drafted um, in the 11th round by the Cleveland Indians. I go 113 pick overall, and I'm sitting there. And because of, of who I was and who I was back then, man, I wanted to go higher in the draft. The Cleveland Indians called me. They were like, I mean, the, um, the Anaheim Angels called me, and they were like, if you're not taken by the, the third round, we're going to get you. I'm going to bed that night thinking that I'm going to be rich. Well, things don't work out that way. I end up going in the 11th round, but I'm ready to sign because once I found out I could go pro, I gave up on school. I didn't I didn't care about school no more, man. I was just trying to go to the pros, trying to yeah. go to the big leagues, man. Not realizing yeah. that, that the high desert, bro, is, is a small little community. It's not, it's dude, there's Orange County, bro. There's San Diego, bro. And you're competing against the whole world in professional baseball. So, wow. I mean, it's yeah. a grind, dude. It's a grind right there. So, I end up, uh, my agent calls me, I end up meeting him at a Dairy Queen right there off Main Street, and he talks me into not signing. So I end up going to Riverside Community College for a year, and I end up going 14-1. and one. We end up winning the national championship, wow. and then I end up getting drafted by the Houston Astros. So I end up getting drafted by the Astros in the 16th round. I asked for more money, so I end up get, I end up signing for 120000 at 19 years old with, with no ability or no... Um, no ability to handle that type of money or any type of pressure at that time. You know, my first two years of professional baseball, they go well. I go out there. I mean, I'm at the lower levels of baseball. I'm throwing strikes. I'm doing well. I'm pitching good. My, uh, my, me and my high school sweetheart are still together. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then my third season, bro, I get kind of hit with life on life terms. And I do not have the foundation to be able to handle that. And I end up going into spring training and I end up, uh, for some reason, man, I just could not throw a strike that year. I was just oh. struggling with my command. You know what I'm saying? Struggling with my command. And now I'm starting to have anxiety because it's like oh. everything's falling apart around me. I can't handle what I'm doing on the inside. Still haven't still. I mean, I've maybe tried weed a couple times, but not, not really getting into addiction at that point. And I end up being at a bar. I remember out in Michigan and one of these guys tells me, he goes, Hey, are you still with that girl Yvette? And I said, Oh yeah, that's my girl. You know, he goes, well, bro, she's been sleeping with the high school baseball coach. Over, I mean, she's been sleeping with the college coach over at Northridge for like the past year, and it just ah. floor, it just floored me, bro. And I just couldn't handle life on life terms at that time. So for two years, I was struggling with baseball, coming home on the off season, partying. You know, we partied a lot, bro. Yeah, partying, drinking, and I was I was continuing to drink, drink, party, and I started to hang around guys that played hard and party harder. That's who I looked up to. Yeah. So when I show up into the locker room. I'm seeing the guys reading the Bible and I'm like, man, bro, miss me with that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need yeah. none of that. Like, like yeah. you guys are naive. Like you got, like, they seemed naive to me. Like they seemed like they didn't know what life was about, but now, now I know that they found a secret yeah. and I wish I would have got on board then, but I didn't, you know, we had opportunities at baseball chapel every Sunday, but I did not take up that opportunity to find God or find the Lord at that time. And I, and I always felt something tapping on me knowing that I could do better, but I wanted to chase earthly pleasures, bro. I was young. Yeah. I used the to temporal. tell myself, bro, 
yeah, bro. I used to tell myself, bro, I get, um, I, I can get, I can get clean later in life. You know what I'm saying? But later in life comes quick. Like I tell guys that in my program, I work out. I say, man, life is like a string from here to the end of the room, and life is like this much, bro. It's yeah. like a little glitch, bro. It's like that much. That's what our life is compared to eternity, and it goes by fast, you know. But for me. For me, when I was 28 years old, I came into a season. I was headed. I was going. I was going to have a big season for me, coming up, going into AAA. I ended up coming up injured a week before uh, a week ah. before the season. End up going into spring training, bro. And I'm sitting there, and you can't make the club in the tub. You know, I'm watching everybody get better. And the thing about baseball, you guys know this as baseball players, man. You got to get better every day. So every day you're playing catch, and every day you're doing your mechanics. Every day you're pitching live. And now the game's starting to slow down, and you're able to get into what we call like midseason form. And we're able to go out there, and we're able to compete at the highest level with the crowd and the controlled chaos. Yeah. Well, I end up missing half that season, and I have got an arm injury. And while I'm watching everybody get better, my anxiety's coming back. And it's getting real bad. So ah. I end up going, I end up getting called up to AAA and they end up telling me, um, they tell me, they're like, Hey bro, you got to get packed up. You're headed up. So I'm headed up there. And these guys are good, bro. AAA is like the big leagues without the stars and the yeah. third deck. Yeah. So it's good baseball, bro. And they're all mid season form. I'm coming in nervous. I go out there my first game. I walk like four dudes. I hit like three guys, almost cause a fight. I get kicked. I get, I get, I get pulled out of the game. I'm sitting in the dugout and I'm sweating and I'm just thinking like, Oh my God, bro. Like my, my life is in shambles because baseball was my God. It's all I ever knew in my entire life, guys. All I ever knew was to play sports, bro. Like I never worked, never did none of that. I played sports. So I end up coming back the next day, waking up in the morning. I don't even want to, I don't even want to go to the field, but I tell, tell people like my first day before amphetamine hit my body was I was rolling to the field with a brand new Tundra. I had a nice apartment. I'm making like 45 to $5,000 a month. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still on my way to the big leagues. I feel yeah. that dream is still possible. I end up showing up to the field. I'm really nervous. Don't really want to be there. And one of my teammates goes, Hey, you want to try this pill? I said, sure. So he gives me what we call Adderall. It's amphetamine oh. salt. Yeah, I know it says is. it right on the bottle. It's amphetamine salt. The minute I took it, dude, Everything in my life changed for the good in five minutes. It's like I found God. It was like, this is the best thing that I've ever needed in my life. Because what happens, guys, what drugs does, is it disguises itself as heaven, and it uh-huh. takes us straight to hell. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're messing with the dopamine process in your head. You're pulling yeah. out dopamine, your reward system. So you're going to put the amphetamine in your body, and it's going to feel great. Anyway, and no matter how bad you feel that day, that amphetamine is going to feel so good in your body. And then I went out there that night and I struck out 10 guys in four innings. Oh, I drank no. all night long, woke up with oh. no hangover. Oh, I, it was the best day of my entire life. That like I a limitless that pill. Bro, <laughs> yeah. like a limitless pill, my yeah, boy. Yeah. And it was now getting prescribed by a doctor. I thought I was doing the right thing. Because uh. you guys got to understand, I'll tell you a little secret about baseball. When amphetamine, so, so when steroids became illegal and then uh. amphetamines became illegal... So what all the baseball players did in pro baseball, they got prescribed Adderall. So then they could fail the drug test and then they could pass for Adderall. You see what I'm saying? They, yeah, they, yeah. they were prescribed yeah, yeah. a medication. Oh, so it yeah. went from like 14 people being prescribed Adderall to like 3,500 in one year because of the substance ban. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All kinds of guys were doing it. The and devil, mixing bro, it. Go bro, ahead. Yeah, bro. You, you see how that happened, dude. The devil made a way. He made a loophole, right? So everybody's, you know, that's a loophole for everybody. They're like, all right, they, they need to get something. And the Adderall, you know, the Adderall thing is, um, you know, when, when people have ADD, you know, ADHD. the thing is, but bro, 
that stuff right there. Look at the pharmaceutical industry, bro. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's owned by the Rockefellers, bro. They're, they're pushing all these poisons on these kids, on these people. Yeah. You are a prime example. You probably moved from Adderall to meth to heroin. Yeah. yeah. So basically it becomes like, I need to take more and more and more. And then you get introduced to the real uh, Adderall, yeah. the methamphetamines. And then, yeah. and then you're like, then now, you're- you, now you can't throw a ball. You can't even throw a yeah. ball. Oh, bro. You're, now, you're bro, nervous. Now- your arm's not looking like this. It's looking like a little skinny. Candy it's looking like, up in this dude. Your arm hey, bro, looking hey. like this, bro. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, noodle. Hey, I used to, I used to noodle, I used to noodle groove for the devil, and now I'm moving groove for the Lord, baby. Yes, dude. Yes. So, so all right, that's awesome. All right, so go, go ahead, man. We'll, we'll get to some verses and stuff, and uh, just, just, just go ahead, man. Keep going. Yeah, bro. yeah. So, so, anyways, you know, I, I uh, once baseball, you know, once I got hooked on the Adderall. And then at 31 years old, I played my last season. So we'll fast forward to four years. So after I thought I found God and thought I found heaven, uh, my last my last baseball season, I now had like three doctors in each city. I'm 31 years old. I'm now playing in Canada. Had my truck repoed. I had no idea. I was so strung out on now amphetamine Adderall and, and, and just just like weed, uh, dr- uh, you know, drinking everything, dude, everything possible to try to escape to where who I was. And I, in my mind, I said, I oh, mean, you know what? I could just quit baseball and I'll get off the drugs. I'll get off everything. Well, you take yourself with you, man. So I ended up getting, um, I ended up uh, quitting baseball at 31 years old. I didn't see myself being able to make it. You know, I, I felt like my baseball career was done. I played 10 years. I tried my best. I had this drug addiction, you know, so I get out and I end up working. I get out and end up working for FedEx and I end up getting hooked on pills with uh, Norcos and things like that because I didn't oh. have my prescription no more. So I'm yeah. taking Norcos and that addiction right there is an unreal, bro. You'll start taking pills after pills. So you're taking like 20 a day and yeah. I end up finally wanting to come off it. Me and a couple of our friends of our friends from the high desert, we end up deciding we want to get clean, you know, and they were trying to get clean. And I ended up going to the candy man at FedEx named this dude. And I end up getting some weed off him and he's got a line to go fast. They said, Oh, well, what's that? You know, and I'm hurting coming off this stuff. I yeah. snored a line of go fast and it did the exact same thing Adderall did. It, it disguised itself as heaven oh. and it took me straight to hell, bro. So I ended up getting on meth and I ended up snorting it at first. I ended up uh, smoking it. I ended yeah. up hot rolling it, dude. I ended up getting fired. And then I have this huge drug problem, dude. So I ended up starting to commit crime, dude. And I ended up uh, starting to shoot heroin. I mean, I started shooting methamphetamine, dude, just to wow. commit crime. And I'm stealing from stores. Um, um, you know, I'm trying to justify it in my head that like, oh, well, I'm not stealing from people. I'm stealing from companies. You know, I'm dressing know, yeah. up like Rambo in the middle of the night trying to get that <laughs> copper, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just absolutely, absolutely an absolute small mindset, dude. They call it petty I'm, theft because it's petty, bro. I'm only laughing because I was funny. You see you dressing up like, you only know that if you've yeah. been through it. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you only it, know that if you've been through it, but. Guys, this yeah. show is going to be off the off the chain, you know. So if you have kids listening, and and you know this, they they need to hear this too because they you don't want them to be doing the drugs, you know what I mean? So yeah. Anyways, damn. So you're up to now. You're like what in the last four years, maybe you said? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. So so you know, um, about 37 years old, I finally. I finally ended up catching a felony at 37 years old. I ended up catching a grand theft felony at 37. Uh-huh. Right before this last run I went on, I did go. Oh, you got an F, you got an F on your record too? Yeah, bro. I got a felony. <laughs> I hit that, that F around 28, bro. It, yeah. So I, I ended up catching a felony grand theft, bro, because my mind, and this is this is where my last hustle got to, and this is where I thought I was doing big things in the dope game, but I was uh, we would look up estate sales on the internet and then we would, uh, we had a box truck and then I would dress up like a Mormon on a bike and I would pick a lock and we would steal the whole house. And then we would go put it to the, uh, the storage units and then sell them at the swap meet. So that's where my last, that's where my whole life took me to. I uh-huh. did get eight months clean at one time, but we suffer from an obsession of the mind as addicts 
You suffer from an obsession of the mind that is going to continue to tell you that you can go back out and use one more time. Once yeah. you put the drug in your body, you activate something called the phenomenon of craving, and uh -huh. you can't stop. And for me, I couldn't stop until I was in a jail cell. So finally, at 37 years old, as I'm, I'm on a jail cell floor, I'm cheating, yeah. I've shot heroin, meth, I'm 180 pounds, missing a front tooth. I finally looked up and I said, Lord, check this out. I said, I cannot do this anymore. I've tried my hardest, man, to try to do drugs, to try to chase pleasures, and they all fell apart. If you have anything that you would like me to do, Father, just take my vessel, and you can just do whatever you want with it, man. I did three months in the county, and I got clean right there, and I was able to sleep for months. For yeah. a month, I was able to sleep yeah. and get my head right, bro. <clears throat> then I was able to go over to the Salvation Army, man, which connected me to my connector, bro. It's a beautiful place. It's called the ARC. I go back and speak every Saturday. I go Wednesday night H&I panels. And I absolutely love that place. It connected me to my connector because when I was 31 years old and I was out of baseball, I did not know how what to do with life. I, all I did was go to stadiums and go to party, and I had no idea what to do, how to be a man, bro. Oh, so this place, man. what they did was they connected me to my connector. I worked for a whole year. I got sentenced there. I worked a whole year for free in a hard warehouse, grinding it out. Being humble, starting at the bottom, yes. learning humility, learning the fruits of the spirit, you know, and then I heard a story about, I heard a story called the prodigal son, right, about uh -huh. two brothers, two brothers, right, one took his inheritance, and he went out to the world, and he spent all his money on earthly pleasures, right, till he was in the pig slop. He yep. sat there because of the gift of desperation. He thought about his father's ranch and the servants get treated better than him. He yeah. goes back home and he thinks he's going to be punished and his dad's going to be mad. But his father sees him from a distance and he throws a party for him. He's so happy yeah. because he knows his son went out and saw what was out there. And now he's come home and he'll never leave again. And I heard that story and I thought about that's what happened, man. I got that money yeah. when I was young. I yeah. chased the earthly pleasures, bro. And now I've come back to the Lord. And now I know in my heart it's the way and the truth. And I will cling to him with all my might, man. And he has given me this amazing purpose. When I was in the Salvation Army, I was able to get up and share my testimony. And people were like, oh, man, you used to play pro ball? That's awesome. And for the first time, I hadn't felt ashamed. And I felt like I had a testimony that could change people's lives, bro. So I ended up getting yes. out of the Salvation Army. I'm working at KEN Warehouse. I'm driving my bikes every morning, early in the morning, riding a bicycle to work, bro, at 30, yeah. what now, 38 years old, just <laughs> humble, bro. Yes. I ended up working there six months, coming back, taking a leap of faith, coming down to San Diego. I ended up being the resident manager down here at the San Diego ARC, where I ended up meeting my wife. My wife has four years sober. You know, we got married and, and, and Amen, we continue brother. to have a non-toxic relationship where we both are like teammates this and we normal? come together at night. Bro, so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a yeah, question, Money. How does mm -hmm. it feel, bro? When you just go into a normal household, dude, and, and I'm just talking about after after all that menace and chaos and everything, yeah. bro, you just go into a normal household where there's a normal family, bro, and you just have a meal with them. It feels yeah, like if it's, it's like heaven, bro. When, yeah. when I when I got sober, bro, and I got clean, what mm -hmm. happened was my, my wife's parents invited me over, dude, to Big Bear, right? And and when yeah. I was a kid, dude, when I was a kid, Jason knows like our family didn't have money, bro. Like my dad yeah. didn't take us on vacations and my parents didn't take us mm -hmm. on at all. I go up to Big Bear, bro. Like after I got clean, bro, I just get to eat a meal. I, I feel just like a, it's like a normal family, bro. Like because when me and Jason were growing up, dude, at, at 14 years old, dude, I'm like, they're bringing guns in and out of the house, bro. Yeah. We got cocaine, bro. We got yeah. shrooms. We're doing acid. We're smoking weed every single day. We're partying. But dude, when you actually get into like a normal household, bro, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Or you go outside, bro, and you just hear mm -hmm. the birds sing. 
You never, yeah, when you, whenever you do, whenever you do like meth or any type of drugs, like that, I'm going to tell you guys that are listening, cocaine, any of that type of stuff, you, it, it, it is an instant rush, but you do it a few days. You're going to go one day. You're going to go two days. You're going to go three days. You, you're all your dopamine is gone. There's no smiling, no happiness at all anymore after that, man. And you, yeah. you go outside, dude, you don't even want to go outside. You don't even want people to see you. You know, you start feeling paranoid. You're feeling like a dark shadow is on you. There's a demonic force that's holding you down anywhere you go, go to the bank, try to pull money out. You got your hat down. You look like a, like you're <laughs> going to rob the place, but all you're doing yeah. is just trying to pull 20 bucks of your own money out. <laughs> so it's kind of right. like, it's a, it's a, it is just a stronghold of, it is the most insane. So I went, I'll tell you a little bit of my story. Cause, cause yeah, please do. So yeah. I, I was basically, uh, so at 14, you kind of know my story, dude, I'll, I'll tell the audience. We grew up in a, in a household that where my dad, they, my parents got a divorce. My dad just let me and my brother just be bachelors at the house. You could do what you want. You want to smoke weed? Go ahead. You want to bring people over to buy weed from me? Go ahead. You want to have girls over? Go ahead. You want to sleep with girls in the room? Go ahead. But he did teach us the Bible. So my brother uh, is, is, is a testament to that because I remember in high school, somebody asked my brother a question in front of the whole entire party. And, and my brother answered the question like word for word what the Bible said. And people go, what the heck? So my dad would be smoking weed, telling us that all herb bearing seed is, is good for, 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 for men, you know, like in, in Genesis 129. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's telling yeah. us that, t- telling us about the end times. So we're going through life. I started cocaine, I think the first time at like 15, you know. Uh, cause my, my daddy got busted by the cops and they, and they, they left like a whole vial of cocaine. They didn't find it. So I tried cocaine the first time at 15. Um, I got to move in with my mom. My brother moved in with James Shea. So I, I did get to go to a normal house, my mom's house after my dad got busted. So it was somewhat normal, but I was a loose cannon, dude. I would go to a party on the weekend. I would, I would snap on somebody. I would like knock them out have a big old fight. I was constantly just enraged because I think I just had some stuff inside I was, I had to deal with, but, um, you know, at 18, I started, uh, I dated this one, this one female that was like rich, normal. I had like an actual girlfriend at the time, but then I tried cocaine again, dude. Once that got back into me at about 19, all the way to about 23, dude, I was, I was messing around with Coke. Uh, my, the job, I was always able to keep a job though. I don't know how I did. I was always a salesman. So I was like, I was able to keep a job. So I was a functioning yeah. addict, you know, but I didn't even yeah. know I was an addict to be honest, dude, but I was getting like half ounces of Coke, selling them at the club. I was up there rapping always. Cause I, what happened with me, bro, is I connected two addictions at once. I can or actually like four addictions. Okay. I would connect like cocaine and then I would connect like going out to the club. Then I'll have like a female addiction. Then also my rap addiction, which you said you put as God, that was my God was rapping. Yeah. I'd go up there on stage mm-hmm. and rap. And it, and, it, and it is like a big, it's, it is like, it's fun at first, dude. It, it does give you the dopamine, you know, but yeah. as you do it a few di- days in a row, it just starts to become depressive and it makes it so like you're, you're, you're late for work all the time. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, you, you lose track these, of time. You just have these excuses and stuff. So yeah. at about 24, I think it was, I, I tried uh, meth, I think for the first time, maybe 23 or something like that. I tried meth for the first time. And uh, I, I like, once I bought my own sack, it was different when I was like kind of messing around, like with somebody else has it, it's different. But when you buy your own pipe and your own sack, that's when you're owning it. And yeah. I think, I think what it is, is once you take that first hit, you're giving the devil dominion over your, over, over being able to tempt you like that from then on, you know, you're basically giving yeah. them permission because the devil needs that. Um, so, um, so I started doing that. And once I, once I actually was able to do it myself, it, I just had a tough time and I, I did it for, I think at least 
I don't know, maybe two or three years. Uh, yeah. I, one time I was living in my car. So I went from being a real working for a real estate office, doing great all the way to living in my car. Right. So I was like 25 yeah. years old, living in my car. I almost got killed, bro. I got taken out to the desert by this dude and uh, they were going to smoke me. They got a phone call yeah. though. Boom. They got the phone call. They said, Hey, he didn't, he didn't snitch on you, but he had the gun ready and he had the tequila bottle in his hand. And we were in this Jaguar that I had under my name, like a dummy. So anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, dude, just crazy stuff, bro. So then I went, so what yeah, happened bro. to me is me and my wife, um, me and my wife were fighting all the time because she didn't like me doing it. Um, and, and, and we would fight constantly, constantly. So finally I was like, you know what, dude, I need some discipline in my life. Remember you were talking about the discipline. I had yeah. none of that. Cause I didn't have a dad in my life. Like, you know, through the, between 14 and like, you know, and on. So totally hundred really, percent. So anyways, I went to the military, bro. And, and it basically stripped me of all my civilian, uh, you know, my civilian life. Anything that, that, that I, that I felt was, was negative or anything. They just stripped me of everything good and bad. And then yeah. they just built me up as a soldier, you know? Yeah. So I, I love used, it. I used that. And then also I got into the Lord, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. my wife brought me to Calvary Chapel, uh, Golden Springs with, with Pastor Raul Reese. Uh, uh -huh. I, I laid it, I laid it down on the altar. I was crying. I was feeling yeah. like, you know, and uh, he's a, he's a soldier as well. So he, he, he understands that, man. He, he felt that. So, um, I, uh, after that, dude, I just, um, I did make some mistakes, like a lot of mistakes, you know, with my wife, I was deployed. I, I, I did a lot of stuff that, you know, was like, we were fighting over, you know, stuff. And I, and I did some stuff like against my wife. Um, yeah. but dude, I, I quit, I quit doing the drugs after I got, you know, in the military and, and kind of got my life together, dude. And from then on, dude, it's just been, you know, just normal, man. The pick, the it's white, so picket, awesome. I got the white picket fence. I got the wife. I got the kids now. I had kids really late, but it's all good, man. But that was pretty much mine. Jason, you can go take, take it over, bro. Well, you're, I've been a part of that the whole time. So I'll just use your testimony as mine. I don't want to send this kidding, but uh, yeah, dude. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Growing up, uh, it's crazy that you, you, you see yourself at a young age, you're, you're, you know, we're not ugly dudes. We're pretty handsome guys, you know, growing up, always thinking that, uh, you know, being a popular dude and being uh, uh, the one that's uh, always talked about and, and, and always looked up to as like, oh man, that guy gets the girls, that guy gets this, but deep down inside, you have a lot of problems and you don't even know that you're, you have addictive personalities and, and you're addicted to a lot of things. And me, I was, um, I was addicted to girls and, and, and hanging out and partying and drinking. Uh, I, I always hung out with the older guys. I never, uh, I never really, uh, really stayed on with people my, my own age. And then we started just drinking beers, hanging out, you know, you get the confidence, you go out and keep drinking, keep drinking. And then, you know, you're, you're supposed to be in baseball. You're supposed to be in football. You're supposed to be in all these sports. And then you start seeing all this stuff go away when you're, you know, you're a good athlete at a young age, you think you're this, you're just this, this, this stud, you're like a giant, you're like a lion, you know, you're going through and you have uh, all this pride and all this uh, and, and all this ambition as well, you know, and then when it starts getting taken away from you, you start looking at it like it's their fault. You know, they're the ones who are missing out. They, uh, I'm, I'm the man, they don't know what's going on. And then, once you start smoking, well, smoking weed was never really a big problem with me, but once, uh, once I started to dabble into, I never said I would, I always said I never would do meth. I never would do it. I, I saw how, what it did to my family. I saw how fast it would, it, it could go through, uh, uh, someone's dreams and anything they needed and wanted, it could be taken away from them with this stuff. So I was always like, oh yeah, yeah. But then I started, once I took that first hit of that cocaine was, it didn't really, uh, 
I don't really have an addiction to that. I could do that on the weekends. I, I never got hooked on it because I didn't like it. But the the meth was the once I got that in my system, it was it was over, man. And I did I did it almost on and off for my whole almost my whole life, dude. And uh, just just recently, probably like a few years ago, I just you know found, you know got got like totally away from it. Like when I first met my wife, but uh, before that, it was it was yes, homeless. Uh, you know me. I had a uh, I had my uh, and my first, well, I had a, a girl that I used to date that, uh, well, she's my, my baby and my son's mother now, but we would party all the time. You know, she was, she was, she was, uh, she liked to stay up late and do the, do the meth. And I didn't know that when I first met her, we just started getting into it. And then on from there, it was just like, you have a partner in crime, you know, they do it, you do it. It's all good. No one knows about it. You could hide it. You know, but then I, I wasn't always about hiding it because I didn't really care. I, I, I was the one that was like, hey, man, yeah, I do it. I don't give a, I'm not going to I'm not going to hide it because then you're ashamed of it when you hide it. You know, you start to think like, you know, you're uh, it doesn't it wouldn't couldn't touch you or bother you. You didn't think you're addicted at all because you're not losing weight. I'm not you know, I'm not uh, losing my teeth. I'm not you know, I stayed pretty fit. And then, uh, and then when I, me and my ex broke up after my son was born and like that, uh, it really, really affected me. You know, I, I took a turn for the worst. I lost my family. I lost my, uh, my house, my, my car, my job, all in a matter of, of a few months, you know, I was, uh, I was super down and out. I didn't know what to do. I did. I, I, I was contemplating suicide all the time. I didn't even care anymore. I could care less. I would, I would. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't steal. I wouldn't rob. I wouldn't try to, you know, try to do stuff like that, but I've been in trouble in my life before. And I knew, I knew I didn't want to get in trouble by the cops again. So I stayed out of the way of that, but uh, it was still pretty bad. And, and, and I, I've learned how to take showers at gyms, you know, for, for the morning workout and then, you know, sleep in my, my wife's car when she was my girlfriend, when we first met like right in her driveway. And but before this, before all of this, I was, uh, I, I knew about God. I knew God was there, but I just told, I just said, you know what, God, uh, you're going to, you're going to go on the back seat for me right now. I'm going to take the wheel and I'm going to do whatever I want. And, you know, I, I wasn't really, I thought I was handling it because I had an apartment, I had a job, but then, uh, once that left, I had nothing left and I was really, really still doing it. it, it like I was staying in hotels, paying for hotels, all this stuff. And then I meet this guy, Andrew at, uh, he was, I was with my kids uh, swimming at a pool and me and my ex just got in a huge argument. He saw from above, he lived in the apartment and uh, he came down and he's, he's just talking to me. Hey man, you know, uh, something, uh, someone told me to come down here and talk to you. And I was like, what, like, what, what do you mean? He's like, do you, do you believe in like Jesus? And I said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I understand that. But right now they can't help me. Okay. So I'm not going to listen to you. I've heard the spiel before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accept Jesus Christ in your heart. Yada, yada, yada. I, I could run circles around you. I know about the Bible. And he goes, no, dude, I was up at the top right now and I wasn't going to come down here. I'm at the third floor. I got four kids. They want to go swimming. I don't want to. I want to go to sleep because I'm tired. But Jesus, I, I've been waiting for this moment to happen to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, Jesus spoke to me in my ear and said, I need to come down here and talk to you. And I was like, oh, here we go. Jesus is going to steer and try to give me a spill. Well, he opened, he opened up to me and told me his testimony. And I was like, I just started breaking down and crying right there. We went over to his house, you know, I cooked his, I cooked his family food before that, but we went up there and, and, and uh, just talked and I, and I just, 
I just opened up my heart to him and crying. I never really cried in front of in front of people before. And I was bawling like a baby. And he's and he's just like, man. And he told me his testimony and he came pretty far back from what he was. And I was just like, he said, look, let's say a prayer right now, you know, because I, I really needed someone to be, I, I wanted to find a, a woman, I wanted to find a career. And none of that was going on. And I was just like, wow, man, I'm in my 30s. This is my third, like second time starting over from the bottom. I got to go all the way back to getting a, another job, another, uh, I got to get a car, I got to get another apartment, you know, uh, I was like, wow, man, how could I be doing this at this age right now? And I've been, like I said, I've been through the repos. I've been through all that bills, credits, you know, you know, uh, my taxes, everything. I was evading everything. And then uh, <laughs> he just got bills and bills upon. Yeah, bills. I don't even care. I'm that's like, just, hey, try, try so to catch terrible, me. No, you ain't going to catch me. You know? and, uh, <laughs> and like, you know, I, I feel bad because you I, know know, I, that is, probably, I played a big part of my brother's addiction, too, because I, you know, he probably saw me doing it. It was like. Oh, it, it feels bad to know that you contributed a lot to your, to other people's demise, but, you know, I always looked at it this way. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, they make their own choices, but in all in all, like I was a problem big time and I, and, and I was for a long time and I didn't think about that. And, uh, you know, you could, you could really, you could really, uh, help somebody just by, you know, saying no. You know, just mm -hmm. by saying, hey, man, I, I don't think we should be doing that right now. But I never did. I dibble dabbled it just as much as he did. Uh -huh. And uh, once once I got once I met that dude, I went to Hillside Church, got baptized. It was it felt different. It felt like super different. Like I've never been to church that way. I've never opened up myself like that. I never uh, humbled. I, well, like humble, you, you humble that, yourself. Like I'm crying in the, I'm crying yeah, in, yeah. In, in the crowd, you know, like. <laughs> The music yeah, yeah, comes yeah. on. I'm like trying to be all like, just, you know, like, you know, going back and forth. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and the dude's like, Hey man, dude, are you all right, man? It's like, I, I needed this bro. He's all, that's good. That's good. And I don't even talk to that guy anymore, really. But I see him sometimes around at the same church, but, uh, wow, man, it was, it, I started reading this book about Samson, about how, like, how like he, he had the same problems as as we do, dude. We lust for women. We we look for that. We look for that roller coaster high. We look. We we know we're not supposed to be doing it, but we do it anyways. Yeah. And we still got out of it. God still got. Bro, us I got out a of verse. Situations. I got a verse for that, bro. What you just said right there, man. That was exactly uh, a verse that I, I want to read real quick, if that's okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you guys something, okay? So I don't, and I don't want to cut you off. This is just that that exact moment. I need to, I need it. to, I need to say it. So <laughs> <laughs> you said, Jay, can you repeat what you said? I'm sorry, dude. Can you repeat what you just said? You said I, you were doing something, you were doing stuff that you just didn't want to do, and you just ended up doing it anyway. Is that what you said? Like the thorn in your side. Yes. Listen to this, okay? Even Paul the apostle, exactly what Monty said, had a thorn in his side, guys. Paul was a warrior for Christ. If you guys understand, I mean, if, if you're a Christian, you know, Paul was a warrior, but you got to understand like Paul, he, um, he was killing Christians. He was there when Stephen died. He was like, kind of like defending the, the, the people that were throwing the rocks. Uh, I would think that he would probably maybe have a little, maybe some PTSD. I mean, he was slaughtering Christians, right? And then he came to God and God ended up still using them. But I want to tell you guys this verse. It's uh, Romans 7, uh, 15 through 20. And, and it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but I'm going to do my best. I had to do the NIV version, guys, because uh, the, the King James version, I don't want to be like tongue twisting too much. It says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do. 
but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So that is, he, he kind of nailed like an addiction verse right on that, like a nail on the head on that right there, okay? So even Paul was struggling, guys, but you guys got to understand if you're, you know, if God is going to use Paul to, to write the new, a lot of, most of the books in the New Testament, he was a murderer. He was a sinner. He obviously had a thorn in his side and he's talking about the same stuff that if you're addicted to something right now and you're addicted to cigarettes, you're addicted to pornography, you're addicted, whatever your addiction is. Paul was going through that same thing, dude. Everything he said right there is exactly what I used to tell myself. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep looking at this? Why do I keep uh, smoking this? Why do I keep hitting this? Like, why can't I get over this? But the thing is, guys, I never turned to reading the word of God. Like Jesus, when he was tempted by, by, by the devil, Jesus wasn't telling him his opinion. Jesus was telling him the word of God. That was what he was using. That was, that was his, you know, because the word of God is like a double-edged sword. Okay. So Paul, when he's talking right here, okay, he has some type of something that's affecting him, but Romans eight, one through four is this now Paul and Paul's answer is this to, to his addiction that he has. Okay. His answer is Christ Jesus. And I say that because that's the way Paul uses Jesus. I use Jesus Christ, but he uses Christ Jesus. He says, therefore there is now condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God, did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned the sin. He can, he condemned it. Or I'm sorry, condemn, condemned it, condemned sin, in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us and do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So that is the answer. And just like Monty was saying, man, he, he, he might've, he might've thought that people were naive. He was probably not listening to them. And then it, it just, once you, once you do listen and you actually just start believing, it hits you like a ton of bricks, right? Yeah. Um, when I was, uh, <clears throat> uh, I like to say like, you know, for me, my, my God, my God is like, well, it's a personal relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship, you know Amen. what I'm saying? And for me, the more that I seek Jesus, the more that the, the, the fiery arrows from the devil, they're like, they're, they're bigger. And I can be able to move and groove, you know what I'm saying? Where before when I was playing baseball and I had no God, I would walk out of the locker room and I would chase the women, the drugs, the VIP. I would chase all those sinful things because like the devil was like an assassin back then. Now these fiery arrows. But what Jesus did is he came down and he died on the cross and now he bridged the gap so we can feel worthy and we don't feel shame and we can go right to the Lord. So for me, my God talks to me like a, like, like the best baseball coach I would ever want. My God talks to me like, let's go, Monty, you got this, baby. Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. You probably shouldn't do that. It's that still voice on the inside. And what connected me to God was Jesus coming down and dying on the cross. That's why the world needed a savior, because we all used to go off of religion and the laws of Moses and us as sinful creatures, we cannot live up to that. So nope. we looked at God and we were in shame and guilt. 
We used to do sacrifices of animals every time we did something wrong. Jesus came down and died for our sins. And now it's not an ATM machine. But if we're better now than we were a month ago, then we're continuing to grow with the Lord. And like I said, the fruits of the spirits, the one that scared me was self-control. But now being out of the Salvation Army and being out of the bubble, I've been living on my own now for like a year and a half, paying all my own bills and doing my own thing. And I'm telling you, walking with the Lord, with the spirit, I call it walking in the light with the spirit, hiding nothing from nobody and letting yes. the spirit guide you. Because yes. when we hide... Anything you have in the dark, it will come to the light. You know what yes. I'm saying? So one of the captains at the ARC, one of the majors, he's like, he's a six foot five white dude, looks like a professional quarterback. And he's sitting there in his uniform, you know, and he goes, Monty, the most powerful thing in the world is walking in the light with the spirit. And I've really studied that. And I believe it's walking in the light as a man with your integrity and not hiding nothing from nobody. You can, anybody can go to my room or come back to my house and I'm not hiding nothing. And I'm uh -huh. using the spirit to guide me because the more I seek the spirit, the more that the devil's flaming arrows are bigger and I'm able to adjust and I'm able to move and groove with the Lord. You know what I'm Amen. saying? And I'm so thankful for that. You know, just, just, just Jesus dying on the cross so we can have this direct relationship and feel worthy to be able mm -hmm. to talk to God. It's like the most amazing thing in the world that I could not grasp. Yeah. I couldn't grasp that dude, for so long, bro. Yeah. And it's better than any, like I say, vices or short, short amounts of pleasure with yep. big time consequence. And what the devil does is he minimizes sin. But once you sin, he maximizes it. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But the intriguing part. And also, also, we also know that the devil only can tempt and the Lord can't tempt. So these are ways I'm able to know when it's the devil and when it's God. Yeah. And God, he can test you. And also, you know, what he's doing is just molding you and putting you through tribulations. So, oh, yeah. God Jason, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. No, no, no. God doesn't want the uh the spoiled little brat. He wants the you want a battle tested uh you know amen. You know, with you know, he he wants the guy that's been that's that's climbed, kicked, you know, been through the muck and he's seen the light, you know, and not not just something that's been given the light and just been here. This is something that's saying. Like the, the reason I, I started getting into the Bible a lot more is because I'm an old testament junkie. I would read all that stuff and see like, okay, where we come from? Where, 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 what is, what is all this stuff that, uh, that, that, that ends up going into the new Testament and you come across a lot of men, God fearing, you know, a lot of, a lot of men in there that are, that are, uh, that are low lives, man. You got a lot of low lives in there that God always used. And, and, and I looked at that. I'm like, man, if God could use, you know, Paul, like you said, or even, you know, David, David was a, David was adulterous and, and he was a murderer, you know? Oh, oh, Monty, Monty I, th I think you might've hung up, bro. Hopefully you come back in. Hey guys, our, our guest uh, just uh, exited on accident. I think he might've hung up, but um, there he goes. He's back. <laughs> oh yeah. If, like I said, if you go through the 12 apostles, you can go with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, like, well, well Luke's not one of the, or uh, Mark's not one of the apostles, but uh, it's okay. you go through them, all of them, all of them, you know, Matthew was a tax collector, man. That's like being a, that's like being a kitty. That's like being a pedophile, dude. They they hated those people back then. They did not like them. They were they were just not. They, they were the lowest form of people. And you got Moses. Moses was a murderer. Peter denied Christ three times. You know, Samson broke a Nazarite vow, and doing and he was just the most lustful man there ever that, that you could see. Man, he he could not get over the women. And then we start seeing these the, the way that these people are used. You're like, man, God used a lot of these people in ways that 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 were so good and so holy and and they came to they stayed with christ even though they sinned they 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 repented they they uh they confessed it they kept it out they they never tried to 
you know, like you said, it comes to light. Like when David tried to, or yeah, when David tried to hide that, that uh, tried to hide the, the, Bathsheba. The, no, that with the, yeah, the Bathsheba thing. And then uh, I tried to hide everything by, by killing Uriah and stuff like that. It all came to light on him and, and it just, he lost like his child was and saying. stuff. He lost, he lost a lot of things and his, his kids uh, rebelled against him. You know, even though God loved him and blessed him, he wasn't going to, he did not, he did not uh, get out of, you know, the consequence that he had to go through. And, you know, even it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but God will make you pay for those consequences and, and those actions that you do, you will get, you will pay from, you know, and sometimes it's, 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 it's everything and you got to pay it all. And he, yeah. and just because, and, and just to get you to listen, you know, I look, I, I thought, I thought I had a horrible life when I, when I started to look back on it a few years ago. But now I look at it and I'm, I'm so thankful because if I didn't go through any of that stuff, I will not be the person who I am today. I will not be, I would not be even at all paying attention to God. I would not, I would be, I would be way worse off. Even if I was a millionaire and I didn't have that, didn't have God in my life, I would still be missing something in my life. But right now I'm, I'm super glad, you know, I'm glad my mom raised me how I was. I'm glad my dad did what he did. I'm glad all that stuff because I learned how to, I grew up at a very young age and then, uh, but I never, I never really matured. And now yeah. that I've learned how to mature and, you know, be a good, you know, be a good uh, role model for my son, you know, and, and, you know, you know, my daughter and, and, you know, be a good husband to my, to my wife. And I got another son coming on and I'm 40 years old. I got a baby coming on the way. And that's, huh. that's a blessing, you know, and I never thought, I, thought I would even have kids, you know, I, I didn't think I deserved to have a child because I, I was such a, you know, such a bad person. I thought maybe all my curses would go off on him and he would, you know, he, he would no, just generational curses, man. We, we, you, you stop that now, you know, like now that you're into the Lord, we're going to put an end to the gener generational curses. Uh, Monty, I think you yeah. had a good point. I think you were talking about, um, you know, the flesh, you said walking with the spirit. So guys, it's like you have two dogs, which one are you feeding the flesh or the spirit? Uh, the life we live is, is, is like, it's, it's meant to just feed the flesh all day long. Whether it's food, uh, fast food, or or pornography being like one click away, um, or you getting your food delivered to your house, or you getting your groceries delivered to your house, everything is meant to be fast, 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 and fast paced. Especially here in California, I mean, it's crazy. But um, so what happens is, it's if you think of it, um, what what the devil's doing is it is is if you're living in the flesh, you're living what the devil wants. Okay, if you're living in the spirit, you're obeying God's word. Okay, when you're doing God's will. Uh, the flesh is anything that's of this world. The spirit is not of this world. Okay. And that's what we need to be. Uh, as, as the words of, of, the, of Pastor John Ramirez, how much real estate does the devil own in your life? You know, is it 80%, 90%? Uh, does God own 10%, maybe 20%? That's kind of what you have to look at because you don't want to be that what Jesus says in Revelation 3, uh, verses 14 through 16. He said, and the Lord of the church of Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold. I, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you were lukewarm or neither cold or not or hot, um, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Okay. You don't want to be like the church of, of Laodiceans. Okay, guys. Um, so we got to be faithful to God's word. We got to obey. I know that we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, for it is a gift from God so that no man shall boast. Okay, I understand that, guys. But also, man, we need to be walking in the spirit like Monty was talking about. 
We need to have some obedience. In order for us to be saved, we also have to be born again, which means that you are, your, your, your old self is dead, okay? And you are new again, okay? Which it, it doesn't mean that you need to be like, you're, you're all saved by works though, okay? That's not what I'm saying here, okay? But, but you know, faith without works is dead. That's what, that's what um, James says, which is Jesus's brother. But Paul says we are saved by grace through faith, not by works so that no man shall boast. Okay, guys. So it's, you just got to understand. It's like, um, it's like a pa total package deal. Okay. That, that we have, you need to believe that Jesus died on the cross. He resurrected after three days, you know, but you also have to be born again. You have to like, you have to renew your spirit daily. You need to, you need to put everything you have at the cross. Okay. And then pick up your cross. That's what you got to do. That's when your your sacrifice is not animals anymore. Your sacrifice is taking all that stuff that you're doing, putting it at the cross, and then picking up the cross with Jesus and walking with that cross. You know, you guys. God don't want your sacrifices, dude. He wants your obedience. Yeah. yeah. The the thing that the sacrifices were about were were supposed to show you how violent and how 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 sin was. It was violent. It was it was bloody. It was it was. You got to take your best your best and give your best and, and slaughter your best. You were taking your family pet that you love, you know, your, your best thing. And, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's, 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 uh, it's the same as what we're doing right now. Cause your, your favorite thing was doing meth. Your favorite thing was doing Coke. Your favorite thing was that these women or like, you know, drinking or whatever <laughs> it is, you're taking all that favorite thing and you're just placing it at the cross. And that's what Monty did. And that, and then Jason did that. And, and, and I also did that now. Are we, are we all perfect? No, I'm a pod. I'm a Christian rapper, Christian podcast host. Am I perfect? No way. Not by any means. You know, I, I do, I do have a better, uh, uh, hold of, of my strongholds, like cussing. I don't smoke anymore, like cigarettes. I don't smoke weed. I don't, I don't do all that stuff, but there's other addictions you could have that are, that are very minute and small, like, like looking at social media, like looking at my phone, like, uh, you know, maybe my wife yells at me or something. And then I snap back at her. Like there's other things, anger, love is patient. Love is kind, uh, does not boast. You, you need to follow God's word. Sometimes maybe I, I might be off on that, but I mean, I'm really nice to my wife, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, we're not yeah. perfect here. None of us. No, no, I can you this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Moni. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah I, I can hear you. you. Sorry, Moni. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, um, you know, we need to put God back on the throne. You know, God is a jealous God. And when we put other things in front of him, you know, it never works out because everything on the earth, you know, money, women, job, all those things can leave you where the, where the Lord, he will always stay with you. He will last the dance, the test of time, his word, he doesn't lie. And his word is always true to me. The two most important days on our earth is the day we were born. And then the day we find out why we were, why we were put on this planet. And that's what yes. we have. For us right here, guys, you know, we walked away from the Lord and, and we've been able to walk back to the Lord. And, you know, and now I have a purpose that will net that, that I can go and spread the good news until I'm 90 years old, bro. I can be yes. on my and I can share the good news on how the Lord redeemed me. And he gave me this purpose. You know, that's why I'm so fired up about uh, sharing the good news on how I got sober, because like Jason said, God takes some of the worst type of people and he changes their whole lives to see the power in his testimony. How can we not believe that we're not one of those people that we've, we've walked the wrong way and we've turned our life over to the Lord. And now we continually to walk with him and we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I cuss, I slip up. Sometimes I can get a little addicted to my social media, but I yeah. know my positive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. 
things going in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. Let me share one parable about, about a guy. He was outside of a temple, right? He was a beggar and he had a cup and he, all he ever did was ask for money his whole life. Right. Well, then two of the disciples walked up to him and they grabbed his wrist and he expected them to put money in his cup. And they said, no, sir. He goes, they said, I got something better than money. Put the cup down. The guy put the cup down, he lifted him up, and the man ran through the temple, and he was able to walk, and he was able to jump, and he was able to be free. And I feel like that when I put the cup down of my addiction, then uh -huh. God was able to come into my life, and he was able to show me this new way of life, and I was able to run and jump and karaoke and move <laughs> and groove. Yes. I put the cup down that yes. had tormented me for so many years and you can't not believe that all these parables in the bible make sense like when you're that one sheep that walks away from the night the hundred there you go you get saved by that one if you're the sheep that gets saved you know what that parable means yeah like i'm that sheep <laughs> you know what yeah I'm for sure bro so the lower that we go on this planet and we turn ourselves over to God, the Bible will start to make sense. And there's a Bible out there. It's called the Life Recovery Bible, and it relates the 12 steps and recovery to the Bible. If you guys ever get a chance, man, check it out. It's pretty cool, man. It's called the Life Recovery Bible. Okay, no problem. Um, so let's uh, let's 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 go into some other uh, verses because I, I think it's best to uh, to knock some verses out, man. Um, mm -hmm. What what some believers and non-believers and even some churches don't really like push enough, in, in my opinion, is 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 this, bro. Uh, because because it's like it's almost taboo for them to push that, you know, the, the spirit world. But listen to this Ephesians 6, uh, verses 12 through 20. Um, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, guys. So that's what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. When you do not have God on your side, what the Bible says is you're swinging at the air and, and the, and the word for spirit, the Hebrew word for spirit is like the same as wind. Okay. So you can see what wind does. You can see it blowing, but you can't see it. But when you have God on your side and, and Jesus working with you, He's the one that's defending you. You're not swinging in the air anymore. Now you're, you're hitting him in the jaw, knocking the, the demons down, the ones that are trying to tempt you, okay? So here's how you counter these attacks. It's going to be the rest of the Ephesians verses. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Okay, guys, when you're doing drugs, you do not, have that. You're not telling the truth at all. Someone can ask me what my name is when I'm on drugs and I'll tell them my name is Jason or John or something. I'm lying constantly when I was doing drugs. So you don't have the truth on you, you know? So having, uh, okay. Having to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I mean, this, all this stuff is, is just, if you're, if you're addicted to something and you're constantly just lying and trying to get away, it's, it's not happening. And having showed your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace, how much peace, Monty, did you have when you were doing drugs, bro? Oh, no man. peace, bro. There's no, no peace, right? At no. all. It's constantly lying, constantly trying to look over your shoulder. It's crazy. You don't, you don't um, know who you lied to. You don't know that. You're looking over your shoulder. You don't know who you burnt. You're constantly the paranoia, bro. You're constantly living in the dark and you're living from garage to garage. And you're <laughs> just, it's just, a, it's just plain out sucks. You got to yes. get high. 
like three minutes just to forget of the person that you are, you know? Yes, yes, yes. You got to go to jail. You got to go to jail to sleep. You know what I mean? Because you're not sleeping out here. Okay, so uh, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Monty was talking about the arrows coming at him from the wicked one. You're holding up that shield of faith. You guys got to understand we're warriors like a, like the United States military. You guys think the United States military is strong? You don't understand when revelation comes, this is the type of stuff you're going to be fighting with, the word of God. That's going to be your sword, not, not an AR-15. I keep on hearing people say, I have guns here, don't get me wrong, but people, I need to get my AR-15 ready for the battle. But when, when the demons are coming at you, you're not going to be able to use any uh, any type of gun. It ain't going to work on a demon. Believe me, guys, okay? So, and you right. take up... It says, and you take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, okay, which is the word of God. That's what I was talking about. Dude, you, you have the word of God, like, like that, that is, you get, people don't even understand it's the, the truth is on your nightstand. All these people that are conspiracy theorists that we deal with, that we talk to on a day-to-day basis and we, and we, and we get into, they, they're so concentrated on finding the truth, the truth, the truth. But I always tell them the truth. It's right there on your nightstand, okay? And it is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's the word of God. They're just scared to pick up that book. They don't want to pick it up because they're going to be like us, spreading the gospel like crazy, yelling, being the neighborhood hope dealer over here, getting crazy. All right? (laughs) All right, guys. Here's another thing. It's not just the word of God, but it's also prayer, okay? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and that in, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul puts that thing like, man, he just like, just, he wraps it up. This is what you need to do. Now, there's a lot of people that want to be special forces. They want to, they want to, they want to go into the military. They want to start doing, you know, go take out Osama, whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? But this right here, this is the special forces of the spiritual battle. The stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, the stuff that me, Monty and Jason have, have, have dealt with you, you, When you open up portals to, to different, you know, start doing these type of drugs. It's not like, um, it's not like a, a, a weak, um, like a private uh, demon. You start getting these Sergeant Major demons coming at you because the, 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 these type of drugs are, are not, especially heroin, man. That, man, getting over that, bro. Thank God. Thank Jesus, bro. Because, man, it's crazy getting into that. But, Jay, yeah. Jay go ahead, man. I don't want to take the whole thing up. I'm just trying to go through that verse. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just me up. No, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I love all this stuff. I like Second, second Timothy uh 15 Think it, bro second, Preach it. second timothy 2 15 it says study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth so <clears throat> paul was a special forces dude man that guy yes. was a was a brilliant man he studied everything but he also had he also had the problems of he he was he he was there when he stoned Stephen and, and he when he heard Stephen you know saying that like hey just forgive the these guys they don't know what they're doing he didn't know what to make of that. He that started tripping him and, and that started uh, nagging at him. And he, you know, he started thinking like, man, this is, uh, this might be, I might be doing something wrong. And when you get, when you get, uh, when you get your eyes open to the fact that uh, Jesus is real, believe me, man, I didn't believe in this stuff either, dude. I thought it was just, you know, just a book, like kind of like Shakespeare. But when you get into it and you start reading it, it's, it's, it is a, 
it is so elegant and so so good for your soul and it relates to everything and you can apply it to your whole life you can apply it to anyone's life and you don't have to be ashamed about it and you have but you don't want to just what you want to do you want to get filled with the holy spirit you want to you want to accept jesus you want to read and, and and get into the bible and read the verses memorize verses expositional study but the thing is, is when you get your salvation, you don't want to hold on to it. You want to spread it. You want to get other people saved. You want people, you want to be a recruiter for God. You want to, you want to make sure that everybody is that's coming into this has a full knowing that they are getting, not just, this is not just like, okay, I accept Jesus Christ. And you start doing this, you start praying because he's going to give you the stuff you ask for sometimes. And <clears throat> don't be surprised if he gives you something that, and that, that, uh, that will, that'll, that you wanted that's going to be punishing you you know like like money went money loved baseball money was a great athlete money was uh money was a was a was a was a, a guy that i looked up to on their side of the field because he was just a good dude man always always, always you know great guy awesome but i, I guarantee you the same as this you start putting stuff before god and god yeah you go have that go chase that it's fine god will let you ruin your life to total utter just till you're at the bottom of the bottom and all you got to do is go up and you, and you, and you ask for him and, and he'll, he'll come to you. He'll, he will, he will give you some truth and then he'll see what you do with it. And if you, if you mess that up, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to take that away and let, let you go back. That's like the, I like the parable about the, the, the five talents, the two talents and the one talent. See the, the five talents could easily go out and get that. You double that money. It's a lot easier, but it's the man with the two talents that goes back and doubles that that's the harder. That's way harder. I wasn't given five talents. I wasn't given two talents. I was probably given one, and I and I and I want to bring back triple, quadruple what I what I what I got. And and if I could do that, you know, then I, I could wash away and cover a few of my sins that I've done in my life because saving souls and <clears throat> and love, and, yeah, and walking and and making sure that people see you, they want they don't look at you and go, oh man, that guy's a Christian how is he a Christian? He's cheating on his wife. Or how's he a Christian? He's, he beats it. You know, he, he beats his lady or how's he a Christian that, that he, the fruit is not, the fruit is not, we're fruit inspectors. So if, if bad fruits coming out of me, you know, then, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. And uh, yes. I, like, I like to wake up in the morning now and be, be uh, like you said, be stress-free knowing that I could go to work you know, and, pay my bills not yeah, get called my by, bills, by collectors my family <laughs> people that rely on you you know there's people that rely on you and 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 i never i was always the one that just relied on just whatever i could do to stay by but now i'm learning that hey these there's people that actually look at you that that like i gotta say this it, it does start in the home me josh and monty monty had a we were latchkey kids we could do whatever you wanted we could go do it we, we were we were it's not good to have that so it starts in the home. So if you if you could go out there and be a be a dad to somebody, be a bigger brother to somebody, be somebody that could guide somebody the right way, and 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 if you show them, you know that that your testimony is real and and and, and you can make it out of the out of the mud and and all the muck, you know you, you, people need to be doing that a lot more. You know they'd be taking care of our youth a lot better because. As it is, like we're three out of three. We're three guys that didn't have people telling us what to do, didn't tell us how to be a dad, didn't teach me how to shave, didn't teach me how to, you know, go go and get a get a job at a job interview, you know, didn't teach me how to talk to talk to uh, uh, you know people of authority, you know, have respect like that, or even be patient or watch my mouth, or you know, just 
that stuff yeah. is just i was addicted to you know just being you know just the way i was you know funny and loud and you know obnoxious sometimes and god told me to shut up and listen and slow <laughs> you got down two, two ears and one mouth for yeah, a reason slow down you gotta man. listen <laughs> way too fast you jump to the gun way too quickly life is not that bad i can make it worse for you if you want the devil wants to sift you like wheat, my friend. Like, and, he, and you could you could go ahead and, and he'll he'll let them. But you yeah. want to have Jesus Christ interceding for you. And, and, and when you pray to him and you ask for his name, you know, it, it's a it's 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 a gift that's been given to you that you should utilize every day, all day. And, and personal relationship is always what you need to have with them and with others, you know, have a we're having church right now. We're having a God. This God is, is this is definitely church. Is definitely I agree. Monty, Monty, go, go ahead, man. If, if you have some more stuff, man, some verses, anything you want to go well, through, they, maybe some. One of my I like the verse, you know, iron sharpens iron as man sharpens man. And that's what's going on right here, guys. We're sharpening each other. We're yes, bouncing. Sir. I'm learning more about uh, you guys than um, than I've ever known. You're learning about me. We're, we're, we're touching base. And and we're both realized, like 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 Jason said, man, the lack of discipline as a child is like is just, um, you know, the lack of discipline is something that we need to really take, uh, you know, look at in our homes. Because for me, dude, like I said, running amok my whole life, bro, I could not I did not get the foundation to be able to handle the money to be able to go out there and do right. You know, I did not. Yes. I wasn't able do that you know and and for me um like rick warren celebrate recovery he talks about gratitude and gratitude is something that we need because gratitude releases small amounts of dopamine from your brain and i i know that us right now if we think back in thankfulness that we feel some good type of way you know what i'm saying and gratitude is the key because happiness it comes from things that have to happen to you so they can come and go like the wind we got to be able to find joy and i know that for me joy comes in the morning talk about prayer you know prayer keeps me lined up every day i wake up in the morning i ask the lord to give me what i can handle i ask the lord to take all the all the bad out of my soul so i can be an instrument for him and i can be able to spread the good news you know how my day looks now is totally different i used to have to wake up in the morning to put a needle in my arm just to be the person that i hated every single day that's where my addiction took me to and i finally got that gift of desperation the mustard seed the one of the smallest seeds in the world came into my heart he watered it with gratitude and then i saw his consistency and his love and it changed my whole life they called in recovery going into the fourth dimension where mm -hmm. you're able to a whole new look at life you have this whole new perception whole new lens. you know yes. what i'm saying i wake up in the morning it's crazy because like two months ago i was sitting there and i was like man i want to spread the good news more you know i do the meetings i, I do the uh, devotions on saturday at the sally but i'm hungry baby i want to i want to spread it more so i started i went up to the park right here and i started one video and if you watch my videos i got a youtube channel it's monty mansfield hope dealer if you guys want to check it out it's cool it's got some good content on recovery subscribe hit the yeah. bell and uh yeah. yeah yeah all that guys subscribe you know support support this gentleman he's been through a lot he was you know he's been through a lot you heard his whole story but yeah subscribe guys but go ahead i'm sorry money Oh, no, and I went up. I went up to the mountain or up to the park right here, and I started one video, dude. And it just has just taken off, man. I do two little shorts, and I do one long every morning, and I just continue to spread the good news. And it's not about really; it's just about getting the word out there and spreading the good news. Because, like Rick Warren said, he goes, everybody at his church, at Saddleback Church, they go, "Well, I'm on Plan B. I'm on Plan C." And he says, "There is no Plan B and Plan C. It's that you walked away from God, you came back to God, and now you share the good news on how we redeemed you." That's what every human beings, that's what they're planning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
that's what I love because God, God turned my mess into a message. So I now carry the message and I don't carry the mess. And, and we're absolute miracles, bro. I remember yes. just knocking out dudes at parties, bro. <laughs> yeah. I had a needle in my arm, dude, with no front tooth, like, like, like a blessing. One of our clients at my work paid $1,300 because he said he didn't want me to go to my wedding with no front tooth. And now I'm smiling like a big dog, my boy. <laughs> oh, ran a muck, bro. Oh, <clears throat> muck, bro. Yes. Our whole entire lives, bro. And we all, like all of our stories right here, we all relate. All three of us, bro. Yes. Are, stories relate bro and that's what i love about the high desert because we're all high desert boys i call I, I say i tell people i go man i was a liquor store kid man i had no shoes no shirt and i was getting a slurpee at the at the at the liquor store bro you know what I'm <laughs> yeah there was no there was no type of rules and like i remember like my house being like like ryan romero george revis uh uh brent braun like everyone running around throwing uh throwing us uh, forks and spoons at each other in the backyard yeah. like i mean just yeah. absolute craziness bro you know <laughs> And people change our lives around, bro. And we have beautiful families now. And I'm just so blessed to be right here and be able to tell my story with you guys and to hear your guys' story and to see how similar they are. And anybody coming from the high desert is going to watch this podcast. They're going to be these. They're going to see such all the similarities in this. And, and we're giving hope. You know, we're giving hope out there. Like I said, I like to be the hope dealer. You change that one letter from a D to an H, and it becomes one of the most positive things in the world, man. And that's what I'm trying to push is nothing but positivity now because I don't want to be on my deathbed looking back at life and being like, man, I chased everything that didn't matter. I want to look there and be like, man, this. I want people to look at me and be like, man, that guy changed his life around, and for the next 40 years, he spread the good news and he saved souls on this planet because I don't want to wander. You know what I'm saying? Like the Israelites, when they got out of Egypt, they wandered for 40 years and they did not see the blessings of God. But when I was in the Salvation Army, man, I saw the blessings of God and I don't want to wander because like I said, the Lord will come a million steps towards you, but you better make that last step towards him because it's the choice because we're the only, we're the only creation on planet that has free will. Every other thing on this planet has to go off genetic code but they are like the birds fly north when they need to fly south or the birds fly south, you know, but we yeah. have the ability to stop at that moment and go into a whole nother direction and change our entire lives around. And that's such a gift guys, man. And I'm just super thankful, man, to be right here with you guys. Honestly, man, it's awesome. Well, Thank yeah. You, Cause you know, your it. messages could touch. You never know. You put a thousand messages out there, man. And one person can listen to it and be like, Oh my God. Thank you, man. I was going to, you know, I was going to, you know, just end it today, but I heard that and I saw that and, and, and just, it just, it just motivated me to be a little bit better, you know, and then it is, it is, it's routine. You got to get up. You got to, you got to wake up. You got to fight. You got to make your bed. You got to brush your teeth. You got to do, you know, you got to do the things to keep you going, but you got to, you know, you got to involve God and in all that. God wants to go out and buy a dress with you. If you're a woman and God wants to go out and buy your new car with you, he wants to be involved in every situation of your life. When you start putting him in every situation of your life, he starts to show you, hey man, you're 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 discerning, you know, you're 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 getting better, your walk is getting better, you know. You you might have lagged out back here a little bit, but that's okay because you confessed it and you came to me and and you brought it to me and, and and I forgive you for that. No, no sin. No believe me, you might think you're the most lowest, dirtiest person in the world. You are because you're a sinner. That's what you are, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, man. It, you're just you're born with the with the with the genetic defect of sin, and that's how it goes. You know, you you you, and you have to understand that once you know that that's real, that sin is real, 
The phone is real. It keeps you away from God. Your computer keeps you away from God. Your work keeps you away from God. Even your wife or your kids could keep you away from God. Anything. It's what you worship. You will turn into. You will be. Yeah. You will be. I learned that today when the, when the Egyptians used to worship the dung beetle, the scarab. They were the, they were the, the world. They were the, the world power back then. But now look at them. They live in a trash heap and they live on top of trash. They live on top of, they, they're, they're, they are the dung beetle now because that's you become what you worship. Wow. Start worshiping things, like you said, like the, 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 the social media, the whatever it is. Dr drugs are one thing, man, but it could be anything. You could be addicted to anything and that could be your God and that could be your idol. And any idol you use out there, it has a demon behind that thing. And, you, and watch what you do, man. Like watch what you say. Watch your mouth, watch what, watch how you look at things, discern things now, you know, if you see a playboy in the bathroom, dude, look at him like, okay, now if I look at, if I keep staring at this thing, it could turn me down to a path where it could twist my whole life up and I could be in a really bad situation in 10 minutes. And that's the, that's what God helps you do. He makes you look at the, the, the stuff that you're doing and discerning, go, okay, you know what? I did think about it. I did, I did lust for it, but I, I, I stopped myself. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to look at it, discern it. It's sin. You, your body, your flesh is naturally is going to want to do it. It doesn't matter. You have no, you have no winning battle against that. Your flesh is going to want to do it. There's no way you can win against it. Only way you can is with, is with the help of Jesus Christ and, and knowing that he died for your sins. He rose on the third day. And that he, according to the scriptures, man, just read the gospel, First Corinthians or First Corinthians fifteen verses one through four. That's that, yep. that's it. And like you said, I like to say this: stay in the line of the Levites, man. Don't camp outside of that line because that's when you're hot and cold. You gotta stay inside there, and that's when you 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 you. you God would rather you be cold. Yeah. Than lukewarm. Yes. At so, least you stand for something, you know. At least you stand for something. You gird up your loins. You got you don't you ain't standing for the wrong thing, but. At least I know where you stand. You know, so, don't 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 be half don't be a half stepper. There's no such thing as halfway crooks around here. For sure. Don't okay. Do don't so, do so okay, guys. So I think Isaiah says it says it well in Romans uh, 10, verses 16 through 17. It says, But you have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay, guys. You can hear the word of God all day and you can get all this knowledge. You can be able to recite Ephesians, the, you know, the book of Matthew, the book of Isaiah. And, 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 but the question is, are you going to take that knowledge and turn it into wisdom? Are you going to practice what you read and you hear, are you going to practice what you preach? It's something that I face because I'm on this podcast telling you not to do stuff. And this is what we should do. And I can't be out here doing all that stuff and being a hypocrite. God's, got a magnifying glass on, on, on someone that's speaking over the, the, the waves like this. Um, that is the true test though, guys, are you going to be obedient to God word? Like how much of the time are you going to be a hundred percent of the time, 50% of the time? Are you going to only be obedient on Sundays? Some people are only obedient when they're in church. I was talking to my niece the other day and she's telling me that, uh, I, I don't, I don't cuss in church, but she does cuss out here and she's not really a believer at this moment. I'm trying to get her to believe, but it's like some people, you know, you just choose your walk, but obedience is, is definitely key, man. It's like, it goes hand in hand, like a package, like we were talking about. It's a package. Okay, guys. Um, Monty, we're at like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, if I would like you to maybe any last words that you like to say, 
uh, and I'll, and I'll do a conclusion. Jason could say any last words and then we'll, we'll end the podcast by about 10 30. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, it's good. I just like to say, go you know, back in our addiction, Brian, I kind of, we used to, we used to try to hit home runs, right? We try to swing for the fences and we failed tremendously. We always wanted that big come up. We wanted to do that big thing. Now being clean and sober and walking to the Lord, man, I like the base hit lifestyle. Like Jason said, wake up, make your bed. Boom. Wake up, brush your teeth. Boom. Wake up, shave. Boom. And you get enough base hits throughout the day, man. You end up winning the ball game. You know what I'm saying? And I just love to, um, you know, I just love that, you know, how my life, the perspective has changed. And like I said, um, you know, I, I'm, I walk with the Lord and I'm just I'm super thankful for that, you know, but I really don't have much else to say, guys. You know, I just want to say I'm super thankful to be on this podcast right here. I disappeared for like two and a half years, guys. I literally when I got arrested, I was off social media and I'm coming up on three years sober off of all substances. I don't even smoke or nothing, you know, and I'm just I kind of disappeared. So I, when I got back on Facebook, I was able to come back out and, 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 and reconnect with a lot of good friends of ours, you know, that we grew yes. up with. It's been such a blessing because like I said, right before I got clean, you know, my social media was a mess, dude. My ex-girlfriend that I was doing drugs with, she was just, she was a psycho psycho and she was posting stuff. And it was really bad to where I think people honestly thought I was dead. So to be able to kind of reemerge, I almost feel like my life's like, like, like how Apostle Paul was Saul, and now I've reemerged as Monty, and yeah. I was, you know what I'm saying? And I want to finish with this, you know, Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the, almost the whole New Testament from a jail cell, from prison. He probably thought he was going to go out into the, uh, out into the um, Colosseum and have a harvest festival, like, like Billy Graham, but uh -huh. no, God put him inside of a prison and he had he had guards strapped to him in four hour intervals and he did the work he spoke the word he talked about contentment and he wrote the bible in there and he preached the gospel the good news all the gospel means is the good news guys once i found that out in the sally i was like oh the gospel means the good news gospel kind of sounds like religion but the it, all it means is the good news man and he ended up converting over half of those guards that were strapped to him and he ended up taking, ended up, ended up taking, ended up, uh, you know, through Rome from the inside out, you know. And it's just an amazing story, amazing person. But like I said, guys, hey, God takes some of the worst people on the planet, and he and he changes their whole entire life. I work with guys that were 19 years in prison, and now they're counselors at my work, man. I see miracles all the time in recovery, and all we're trying to do is reach just one person. Like, all I want to do is reach one person off this podcast and change one person's life. And that takes away the pressure, man. It's not like we could be talking to, I could spread the good news in front of three people, or I could spread the good news in front of 100,000. But as long as I stay ready, then I don't got to get ready. And yeah. as long as I keep a good attitude, it's not about the, as long as I keep a good attitude, then I will have the character to become the blessing. And then, like I said, to, uh, very important is that it's not about what we receive. It's about who we become, which is going to give us happiness, guys. When we're, it's who we become on this planet is what's going to give us true happiness. It's never material. It's never anything like that. It's about the man that you become is what's going to give you true happiness and joy, man. I just, I love you guys and I thank you guys very much for inviting me right here, guys. I love you too. Uh, can you, you tell too, them your man. Instagram? You, tell them your Instagram too, bro. Oh, my Instagram's just Monty Mansfield, bro. That's my Instagram. My YouTube channel is Monty Mansfield Hope Dealer. And then, and that's all I got going right there. My TikTok's kind of small, you know what I'm saying? But I just, it's I love good. The, 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 the <laughs> and the, but I just love to share the good news, man, on how God redeemed me and God, and, and I just want all the glory to God, you know, that's all.
Perfect. All glory to God. Monty, thank you for coming on. I just want to tell you guys right now, if you, if, if anybody out there has any, you know, bondage or any chains that need to be broken, if you're that you're a slave to, there's no time like the present, you know, right now it's, you see the Ukraine, you see Russia, you see all these things formulating, you see an Iran attacking, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors of wars, there's stuff that's going on. I'm not saying that that's going to be the apocalyptic Ezekiel 38, 39, uh, Gog and Magog, and that all that stuff is coming yet. I'm not trying to be a, a pro prophetic, like as if God told me, God says, thus saith the Lord. I'm just telling you right now is the time because it is looking like a formulation of a one world government that, you know, that the new world order is already here. You guys have listened to our podcast. One world government is here. One world currency is coming already. The digital dollar, right? Pretty soon, you guys are going to be choosing between getting your head cut off and getting the mark of the beast. Okay. So right now is the time for you to definitely to break these strongholds, you know, in, in Jesus's name, you guys got to, you got to understand that you do have power over these things. Okay. Just you got to you got to put it at the cross, though, like I said, and you got to pick up the cross. You got to humble yourself. Um, I you know, you can either start reading the Bible yourself and, and maybe learning that way and, and then, you know, maybe watching pastors. But but for me, uh, if you are in addiction, I do suggest that you go to a church. Because what happens, I mean, a good church, a good Calvary Chapel is what I go to. I suggest that you do so that you can so you can talk to other other brothers and, and maybe some of them have gone through the same thing as you or going into maybe a home like uh, like Monty has if you're really, really deep into this stuff. But it's good because what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to you're going to have fellowship, but you're also going to have accountability. OK, my my pastor. Dude, he knows if I come to church and I got this weird look on my face, he knows something's going on with me. He's going to talk to me and say, Josh, what's up, man? Are you good? You know what I mean? Like he knows he's holding me accountable because I, I Jason could hold me accountable too. But Jason's like, you know, we, we do the podcast together and we see each other once in a while. When my pastor sees, he's looking at each person's eyes. He's trying to look at your body language, trying to see if you're good. You know what I mean? Like it's accountability and it really helps. So if anybody has any strongholds, whether it's porn, whether it's, uh, you know, Coke, meth, heroin, anything. And if you need prayer, hit up Monty, hit up me. Uh, my Instagram is at Josh Monday Music and Podcast. Uh, you know, and, and I'll tell Jason too, to make sure you pray for whoever it is, you know, we'll pray for you. Um, but thank you, Monty. You did an excellent job. This was, this was a lot of high energy, uh, beautifully, uh, put out, you know, all glory to God, the father and in Jesus Christ. Okay. And Jason, uh, good job, bro. On, um, oh, thanks. Thank you, man. Oh, thank you, man. And thanks. Thank, thanks, Monty for coming out. And yeah, I, I do good, good little speech right there. And, and believe me, dude, if anybody's out there is listening, don't don't just think that 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 you're the only one that's gone through it. Don't just think that oh man, I have a I have a, I have addiction to this. Oh man, I I can't believe how horrible I am. That's what the devil wants you to do to you, man. He wants you to think that how ashamed you are. You know, stay stay keep doing it. You know, keep 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 at it. Don't don't bring it to the forefront. You know, you're not you're not good enough to be in God's sight. You're not good enough. To, God's not gonna listen to you because look what you do, man. You're you're a horrible person. Nah, man, you're not a horrible person. Everybody, there is not one man on this planet that is good. Not one. All of them from the heart, straight up, are wicked, no matter what. No matter what. It's but there is one who conquered all of that, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's why God, Amen. that's why God put him out here, put gave us his only son because he he had to, he went through the stuff, the temptations, he went through the stuff that we had to go through. Like you said, he used the word against the the adversary he always used the word and and you know believe me 
the devil gave him a shortcut off the cross and he still didn't take that. He went with the, with God's will and, the, and, and, and his father's will. So knowing that that's, uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's yeah. all right. But knowing that, yes, that, that, it's like people, people don't understand guys, because guys don't think like that. They think like, okay, I, I can fix it. I'll fix it myself. I'll fix it. I don't need nobody else. I could do it. No, man, you cannot do it. You cannot do it by yourself. Get, get help. And if you can't get help, you know what? Then you need to go, then you then you need to go turn. You know, maybe you need to get to go to go to jail and just to get it to get sober. Maybe you need to go do stuff like that. But whatever you do, know that it's always for the better. Just because you're going through bad times and things are bad and things are getting worse, it's always for the good. If you keep staying in that and keep going worse, it's going to get worse. You know, and God forbid that you 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 do something to where it takes your life before you actually become saved or become become no uh, relationship with God, because that's the only, God wants you to do that. He, he, he wants that relationship with you. It's, it's, it's us who don't want that. We're, we're too, we think that we're too smart for that. And we think we could just always carry ourselves and you can't do that. He will, he will help you. He, he just, once he knocks, you got to let him in, you know, he's not going to kick the door down. He's going to, no. he's going to. No, that's true, man. Well, let's hey, end can this. I, can I say one more thing? Oh yeah. yeah. Go ahead, bro. I just want to put awareness out there, man. There's a drug out there right now called fentanyl. Um, it's killing people like crazy, guys. We got to be able to get that awareness out there. It's not even letting people hit their rock bottoms. It's found in cocaine. It's found in methamphetamine. It's found in heroin. I've had at my treatment center, I've had 11 clients die in the last year, guys. So please, guys, hey, the drugs are not the solution anymore. They're not fun anymore. It's just not the way to go, guys. It's got. We got to continue. Hey, put God first. All right. But like I said, I needed to share on that because I believe I got sober right before fentanyl came out. And my whole thing is that God saved me so I can save people from fentanyl and it's killing people and it's killing people left and right. You know, and I've heard stories about a guy snored some Coke and he died because it had fentanyl on it. I've heard stories about a, a homeless camp down here. <clears throat> eight people died and they bought a bag of meth and it had fentanyl on it and it killed eight people. So guys, we're dealing with the devil at his strongest point and let's just continue, man. Put God first. And we need to find solutions better that are better than using drugs or alcohol. All right, guys. I just wanted to share that right there. All right. No problem. Hey, thank you so much. You know what? I know that there's somebody that I personally know that needs to hear that exact thing you just said. So thank yeah. you for that, bro. Uh, we're going to end this in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you gave us a clear connection again. Thank you so much. Whoever needs to hear this, Lord, um, you know, please let them have ears to hear this. I think that we've had some powerful testimonies that is all glory to you. You saved all three of us. Thank you so much, Lord. We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. Okay. At all, but you did save us and anybody that's doing fentanyl Lord or, or heroin or, or speed or pornography or any type of addiction, Lord, please release their stronghold in Jesus's name. The demonic forces that are trying to attack anybody that's listening to this podcast, Lord, release the chains, release the bondage, release them of, of the slavery that they're in. Please, Lord, we, we just need you right now. This is not the time for this. So, Lord, we know that Jesus is coming back soon. We know that we're, we, we need to get our armor of God on. Anybody that's listened to this that is just maybe, you know, on maybe just, uh, you know, lukewarm or hot, you know, cold, hot and cold. Lord, please just make them on fire for the Lord. Like my, like my brother Monty is like my brother, Jason right now is just studying the word. Please just help some people get to get to you, Lord, because we, we all need you. Thank you, God, for everything you do for us. We appreciate you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank I have, thank you, bro. Yeah, you, 
this is this is probably the, the one of the funnest podcasts I've done in a long time, bro. I love you, bro. Thank you, man. I'm gonna. That's I'm, what I've been wanting to do more of, dude. We're yeah. gonna, more of these, bro. We're gonna end the podcast here and tell everybody uh, we love you so much. Thank you. Subscribe to the YouTube if you can. Please leave us a five star review on Apple. Uh, if you listen to the end, what I always tell you, please just leave a comment down below so I could see that you stayed to the end. Follow my boy Monty Mansfield. Uh, you know, and and also Jason. Thank you again, brother. I love you, man.